This is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House Daily Reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 689, where I read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint allows us uh, the uh, allows all of us to read the whole Bible as a single true story and to see that is a single true nonfiction story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today we are reading 1 Kings chapter 13, verses 12 through 23. 1 Kings chapter 13, verses 12 through 23. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. Grant me, Lord, your energy and everybody else under the sound of my voice, your strength, your unction, your anointing, your freedom, your liberty, and the power of your Holy Spirit to read your holy word, to teach your holy word, to preach your holy word, and to preach your holy gospel all in this one service. And Lord, I pray that your holy name will be glorified and Jesus Christ exalted. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. At 1 Kings chapter 13, verses 12 through 23. <coughs> Pardon me. And their father said unto them, what way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass. And he rode thereon, and went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread, nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread nor drink water uh, 
there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. He said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. So he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. And it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, for as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and has not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back and hast eaten bread, eaten bread, and drunk water in the place of the which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread and drink no water. Thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulchre of thy fathers. And it came to pass, after he had eaten bread, and after he had drunk, that he saddled for him the ass, to wit, for the prophet whom he had brought back. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. Help us to learn from this passage to always obey your word and not the lies of lying prophets and pastors and preachers. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, service, family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 200. Glory be to God, and I thank God for uh, Daniel Ezekiel uh, doing for 200 times uh, the, something that I hesitated to do myself. And uh, in the beginning, uh, uh, it was kind of tough for him as well. But uh, by the grace of God, son, uh, Daniel Ezekiel, this is another great milestone that God has blessed us to see together. And I praise the Lord for the equal grace as well. And uh, Danielle, Elizabeth as well, doing the same thing with other podcasts and them all working together. 
to produce this great, powerful, important service. We give God the glory, the praise, and the honor, and thank you, children, for helping me in the ministry, even to this day. The night after Thanksgiving, so-called Black Friday. I don't know why black people do not uh, give credit to the powers that be for saying something positive about black. Black Friday means it's good. Uh, it's a good thing for for the people. So uh, be happy about that. Glory be to God. Psalm eighteen thirty five. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. Above all, we must take the shield of faith, for nothing else can quench Satan's fiery darts. This shield is of celestial workmanship and is in all cases a direct gift from God Almighty Himself. It is the channel, the sign, the guarantee, and the earnest of perfect salvation. Thy right hand hath holden me up. Secret support is administered to us by the preserving grace of God, and at the same time providence kindly yields us manifest aid. Glory be to God. Go ahead, Spurgeon. We are such babes that we cannot stand alone, but when the Lord's right hand upholds us, we are like brazen pillars which cannot be moved. Back in the old days, uh, the old black saints would sing, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. And they would go on and, uh, like a tree, something about and so forth and so on but they uh, they used to sing that quite a bit thy gentleness hath made me great there are several readings of this sentence the word is capable of being translated thy goodness hath made me great and David saw much of benevolence in God's action towards him and he gratefully ascribed all his greatness, not to his own goodness, but to the goodness, the gentleness, the power of Almighty God. No wonder God called him a man after my own heart. Uh, David knew where he got his power from, thy, and his greatness from. And what we're reading even tonight is a part of his greatness. Thy providence, God gave him the ability to write the Psalms, in other words. Thy providence 
is another reading, which is indeed nothing more than goodness in action. Goodness in action. Goodness in action. Goodness is the bud of which providence is the flower, or goodness is the seed of which providence is the harvest. Some render it thy help, which is but another word for providence, providence being the firm ally of the saints, aiding them in the service of their Lord. Certain learned annotators tell us that the text means thy humility hath made me thy humility hath made me great. Thy condescension may perhaps and that's the first time I've heard anybody else besides myself refer to God as being humble. <clears throat> I was very concerned that I was uh, might be crossing a line when I said that, but now I see Spurgeon said it too. The humility of God is amazing. No wonder he wants us to be humble and not proud. Thy condescension may perhaps serve as a comprehensive reading combining the ideas which we have already mentioned as well as that of humility. It is God's making himself little which is the cause of our being made great. Go ahead, Spurgeon. Go ahead. That's deep. We are so little that if God should manifest his greatness without condescension, without humility, we should be trampled under his feet. But God, who must stoop to view the skies and bow to see what angels do, looks to the lowly, yes, and contrite, and makes them great. God made David great because of God's condescension and his humility. God is the one who made David great. While these are the translations which have been given to the adopted text of the original, we find that there are other readings altogether. As for instance, the Septuagint, which reads, Thy discipline, thy fatherly correction hath made me great. Amen. That's true too. All of this is true. All of this is true. All of this is true. God's correction, God's chastisement, God's rebuke makes us great if we take heed to it. Do you know there are some people who claim to be Christians are so proud and arrogant, they don't take heed to God's chastisement, and they will never be great. While the child or Chaldee paraphrase reads, Thy word hath increased me. Your word, God, has made me great. Glory be to God. 
Still, the idea is the same. Whatever, however you want to go with it, it's still the same. God is the one who makes people great. David ascribes all his own greatness to the condescending goodness and graciousness of his Father in heaven. Let us all feel this sentiment in our own hearts and confess that whatever of goodness or greatness God may have put upon us, we must cast our crowns at his feet and cry, Thy gentleness, thy humility, thy goodness, thy word, hath made me great. Now, let me tell you something, folks. That passage that we just read right there, that devotional, if you get a hold of that, you can go a long way with God because you, you, you need to understand that. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for allowing us to hear from your holy word and then to have it expounded upon in a very deep way uh, through your servant uh, who you made great, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, he being dead, yet liveth by your power and might, and we give you all of the glory, the praise, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. And now, ladies and gentlemen, after three nights, three days, even on Thanksgiving, uh, we heard from God regarding the wife. And uh, now we're going to hear from God regarding the husband. God gave the wife commandments first for a reason, I do believe. Even though the husband is the head of the household. Uh, uh, and so now God is going to give husbands uh, his commandments that he should obey. Found in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 32. Husbands, this is a commandment. These are not suggestions. Love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Which means, by the way, that your relationship with your wife will be uh, 
or should be tighter than your relationship with your mother at this point. Sonny boy. Okay? This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And this is why I do not believe parents, unless you really have a long history of a good family life, I do not believe children, when they get married, should be living in the same town as their parents. Unless you have a long history of a great family life on both sides. Okay? Because uh, you don't, neither one of you need to be running home when you have some problems. Mommy should not be close by Sonny Boy. Clinger to her apron strings and and confidant closer than you are with your own wife? No. It's not going to work. And that's not what God wants done. But the uh, major theme in this passage, as you can see, is for the husband to love his wife. You say, preacher, now, that should not be hard to do. Evidently it is because God has given you a commandment to do so. Now, granted, there are some women who are easier to love than others. That's a fact. But whatever the case, once you marry her, God wants you to love her. That's a commandment. And it's also a choice uh, with the God kind of love. We're not talking about anything else but the God kind of love. Unconditional Agape love. That means you will love her regardless of what she says or does. That does not mean you let her get away with evil. No, if you love her, you will correct her, rebuke her if you need to. That's love too. And that's what I've been telling men for years. Love is not letting your wife run you and run the household and control you and get away with evil and everybody's under the authority of the Word of God but her. No. Mm -mm. There's some devilish women, that's what they want, but that's not how it should be. And it's your job, sir, to uh, love your wife enough that she won't hurt herself, she won't hurt her children. And she will not hurt you if you want the marriage to last. Because there are certain things that can be done that uh, will finish the marriage. It will be over. So, uh, love your wife in the right way. Uh, stop buying into the lie that loving your wife means letting her run over you control you, dominate you, say anything she wants to you. I know that's the American way. The American spirit says to a woman that uh, you can say anything you want to your husband, any kind of way you want to say it to you, uh, and you can uh, do what you want to do. That's the American spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. And what has happened to the church is that the church has gotten caught up in the American spirit. (coughs) 
no-fault divorce, and wife can just say whatever she wants. Wife can do whatever she wants and all that. Now, if you're going to have a biblical marriage, that is not the case. You can't have that. Somebody has to be in charge, and it's not two of you in charge. Uh, anything that has two heads is a monster. Unless they're Siamese twins. And then hopefully the uh, correction can be made. <clears throat> so that's your choice. That's, that's your goal. That's what God wants you to do, sir. Love your wife. And if you truly love her, if she's causing a problem for you or for your children or in the family, you correct it. And I, I'm just telling you straight up what... Uh, I have done and what I would do if she does not submit to the correction and adopts an attitude of I can say what I want and do what I want and I'm going to tell you not in my house as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord up in here and so you need if, if you really truly believe that uh, you need to exit stage your right wherever the door is and you just won't have the privilege of being married to me. That's it. I mean, there's nothing else to discuss. There's nothing to talk about. No. No. This is what the evangelical preachers and churches taught you in, in their little lying books. Well, y'all need to learn how to fight, right? And they have little symposiums. And they have little retreats, which is the last thing this church needs to do is retreat to go anywhere. To do anything. They go to the little marriage retreats and they sit around the fire and talk, well, my husband does this. And she just goes off and because she got a whole bunch of crew, a crew of people around her, a crew of women. My husband do this, does this right here. And it makes me so mad and telling, him, telling everybody in the church, uh, y'all's business. And they're going to take her side, including the grand poopah pastor. He's going to take her side too. Brother, I can't believe you do that to your wife. Da, 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 da. Shut up. I, would, I wouldn't pay a dime to go in the mess like that of trying to compromise the word of God to uh, placate your wife. There's no bargaining, no, no uh, arguing, no uh, uh, compromise. No, no. You just do what the Bible tells you to do. Husband and wife, do what the Bible tells you to do. That's it. And you'll have peace, and you'll have joy, and you'll have fun, and everything will be just fine if everybody obeys God. You don't need to go to a symposium. You don't need to go to a conference. You don't need to go to a retreat. You really don't need to go to counseling. Just do what these verses tell you to do. The woman and the man. And you will have a productive marriage and a marriage that will be successful in the sense that it will last. All right, let's pray for others. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the healing of all marriages uh, that name the name of Christ. Uh, 
And we pray that they would simply obey your holy word and stop trying to do things their way. Save the families that don't know you and give them the benefit of obeying your holy word, reading your holy word, and obeying your holy word. And Holy Father God, I pray for all people who name the name of Christ. Please have mercy and grace upon us all and forgive us of our sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission and help us to repent of it. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I do pray for the millions of people who are hurting from the plague of long continuance, the coronavirus plague that has produced other plagues. I pray, Lord, that you will comfort them and draw them to yourself by your power and all that you do to draw people to yourself. I don't know all that you do, but I pray that you would do that for their salvation. I pray, Lord, also for a few people, as we've done for over 900 services. Uh, And Lord, as you know, we started it because during that time, people were acting like they were not going to remember the people who became victims and who have died of the coronavirus plague. And so thank you, Lord, for leading us to take that up. Thank you for the hard work of Daniqua uh, White to do that. And we pray now for the family and friends of Massachusetts uh, resident Paula Haley. We pray for the family and friends of Illinois resident Robert Dickinson, Jr. We pray for the family and friends of Massachusetts resident Dorothy Drake. And Lord, we pray for others. And now, Lord, we pray for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests down through the years. Not only these few here tonight, but the thousands who have done so down through the years. And we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to pray for all of these people in their specific needs. Thank you, Lord, for answering thousands of prayers. And we pray tonight even for their salvation, spiritual, family, life, financial, material protection, and physical blessings upon them all, including these few. Help them all to stand strong in the faith and to grow in the faith. And we pray now, Lord, for uh, Pastor Bushibi. Thank you, Lord, for the vibrant worship service and for the addition of new members to your kingdom. Thank you for the soul saved, restored, and delivered. Uh, Lives changed and people healed. Thank you for blessing the prayers for the nation's event. Thank you for the ministry opportunity through the Board of Management of Starlight High School. Thank you, Lord, for the worship services at uh, Kibachinji. Sioa and Nashanda and for uh, the Bugoma GBF region pastors meeting going well. Please bless them as they fast and pray. Deliver them from drought and famine. Please give gracious favor to greater harvests. Heal Dora's knees. Deliver Africa from drought. 
famine, and starvation. Please provide them with Bibles for new souls, basics for orphans and widows, food and water, ministry resources, and provide for the upcoming uh, Women's Conference and Youth Conference in December. If it be your will, Lord, we pray for PTK. Please save him, comfort him, provide for him and his family, and give them love, joy, and peace and hope in you. Help him to look to you and not his circumstances. Help him to serve others and glorify you. We pray for Jensen. Please bless him with the Holy Spirit's mighty anointings with all uh, spiritual, physical, soul blessings, divine intervention, protection, wisdom, connections, and wealth blessings. Bless him with anointings and gifts of uh, your Holy Spirit, power of authority and fruits of the Holy Spirit. Help him to do your ministry mightily uh, through Jesus Christ and for Jesus Christ in his name. Deliver him from all curses and satanic evil works. Protect him from the coronavirus and bless him with the things that he needs in his life and ministry. And we pray now, Holy Father God, for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel uh, through this ministry. We pray for Tim. We pray for Brad. We pray for Shaquan. We pray for Brian. And we pray for EMB. We also pray, Lord, for the people who have recommitted their lives. We pray for the thousands of souls that have gotten saved and the thousands who have come back. Help them all to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. We pray for Isaac, Vitalis, Abayi, Andrew, and Coffee. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you missed the preaching of the gospel a little bit earlier, remember this from the lips of Jesus Christ. He said the most important words ever said in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. My dear friend, all you have to do to get saved is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that he died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. And pray and ask him to save your soul, and he will save you. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, uh, make sure you pray without ceasing. Read the Word of God. Remember the motto of the Marines, Simplify, Always Faithful. And remember the motto of the Air Force, Simple Supra, Always Above. Keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord and He'll keep you in perfect peace as the music plays. God bless you. Dear friends, until next time.